0: Welcome to the Art of the Dive premium pod. We just got fixtures released. A lot of new stuff coming down the pipe. Jake, how are you, buddy? Worried. Worried this time. That's different. Normally, it's just sad.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to increase my range of emotions. I would say I'm distraught today. So you...
0: (laughs) So in addition to sad, you now have distraught. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair emotion that I have going running through my veins today.
0: Do you, do you have worthless?
1: Maybe. Depends how my team does when it starts the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's been kind of we were just talking about that, right? Like before we started the podcast. It's this is the most fun and the most terrible time of the fpl season on on one hand it's really fun because new information new players getting signed tracking the preseason uh results trying to figure out unlimited how you're structure- transfers right right like just full-on tinker mode on the other hand it's also like the time of year where people just spout constant bullshit and like people really want to interact and are super excited about it and it and, and not to be whiny like I, I enjoy it, but I was just saying to you that I took like two days off of no Twitter on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I, I worked most of the day and, and then tried to relax a little bit in the evening. And then Sunday, I built a fence, which was fun, not, uh, and then had to work again in the evening. And then this morning, I looked at my notifications and I had like, I, I don't know, it, it was over a hundred notifications and I could, I was like swimming in it. It was just, it was too much.
1: Yeah, I feel you. I was at, like, work for the past few days, and it was so crazy that I had to go in yesterday to do more work and then been planning for my wife's birthday. So it's been good. It's been, it's been good.
0: The wife's birthday, the only thing that matters. <laughs>
1: the only thing, yep. Yeah, Did I had to get mean? this FPL pod in because, you know, can't do it on her birthday. That's tomorrow. Well,
0: I mean, you could.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would be dead. I would never play FPL again.
0: So what you're saying is you should... You want me to die? I mean, I think most people here do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, let's do another pod tomorrow. Okay. All right. (laughs) Take care of that. Um, All right. So a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, Our last podcast, we recorded Jake right before the fixtures were released. And so we really tried to focus on kind of big picture topics. Um, Some questions have been coming through from people about, again, specific, very specific players and very specific strategies and so we will get into some of that today. We're going to cover premium-priced players today, and we'll, we'll talk about um, uh, some of those players and, and captaincy picks and uh, kind of some vocabulary and, you know, big at the back versus where, where do we spread those funds and a lot of good questions. Uh, the, the thing that I always like to add, though, with these preseason podcasts is that new players are being signed, right? Chelsea just spent uh, their, their $7 billion uh, today in the the preseason uh, transfer window here. And uh, and so there's a lot of things that are still kind of happening and changing. And so Jake and I try our best to kind of keep this big picture when we're looking at these podcasts. And again, it's, it's more about, we talked about this last week, but it's more about strategy and approach than it is about getting super nitpicky and specific, because, um, you know, we, we still have a lot that could change between now and then. I mean, is that reasonable jake do you think yeah i
1: think that's very reasonable
0: do you have anything else to add
1: well i mean it's it's a lot too you don't know until we start to at least see some formations rolled out in like the preseason games i think that's very helpful in a sense you can't take it too far um but that does give you an idea of where guys might be playing who might be playing out of position players um which guys that you thought were brought in that will be starting right away versus maybe not starting. So I think that's really helpful in that you know they just started having those games. I think Spurs and uh maybe Everton played. That was
0: it. Yeah. But, we Jake and I kind of went back and forth uh last night and the day, and and during the day about which Pod we should start with this year? Do we start with budget players, mid-price premiums? Do we do something more like, let's just focus on positions, single, singular positions? This year, it's just because of the short turnaround time, it, it it's hard to know like what's really going on with teams between the window. I mean, I know a lot of people have said, oh, that's an advantage. You can look at the team before, but it's still a reset for a lot of the teams. And so, we decided to go with premium players, and the kind of the reason behind that was because premium players are priced that way for a reason. Because we know more about those players. For example, we know that they're more likely to be starters. For we we know that they're more likely to to return points to me in attacking areas, and so they're priced as such. And so, what we did was we were kind of buying ourselves a little bit of time, I think, Jake. Right by starting with premium players today and getting into some of those things. But Jake, you just mentioned this idea of like preseason fixture tracking and kind of watching the way that goes um uh matt holiday i think it was that posted i might have that i might have my mats mixed up but um but posted uh where you can find all the preseason fixture tracking on sky sports um it's a great way to kind of follow along do you watch a lot of the preseason fixtures jake or like do do you follow the results i follow the results i don't usually watch them What are you looking for specifically? I mean, obviously, this is pretty entry-level shit, but, like, what do you look for?
1: Formation's the biggest one for me. Um, So what are they playing? Like, 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. And then I really just look for out-of-position players and player minutes. Those are probably the three biggest things. And then maybe fourth goals and assists because i think you can't get too wrapped up in that but yeah i mean if a guy's scoring a bunch of goals he's probably at least you know gonna have a decent start to the season depending but
0: yeah it also maybe points to the potential for a player to be the the selected starter right so if they're if they're on the end of a lot of uh, of returns then there's a good chance that they they're they're in the lineup so um let's get into oh and that can be found so sky sports is tracking all that stuff um and they just have a list of all the teams when their upcoming matches are um it, and then the results as well uh so for example jake had said like tottenham played ipswich town um i don't know if everton you had mentioned everton i don't know if yeah they play i think they played blackpool oh, yeah, and then played actually blackpool. liverpool played as well and yeah it's that. um it's a little tricky. So some of them, some of the games have links right on there where you can go and, and look at like a little mini match report that talks about who scored and who started. And that's the important information. Some of these are kind of behind closed doors matches. Um, and so you maybe don't get as much information outside of a score line. That's where Twitter comes in. A lot of times you can kind of track down on there how teams performed. And um, as things kind of tick along, I think that uh, I think that Fantasy Football Scout does a really nice evaluation of uh, of kind of the preseason matches and how teams are doing. So a good place to follow as well. But let's get into premiums a little bit, Jake, and talk about uh, kind of premium players and and where we're at with that. And I think a good place to start, especially because this year we'll be looking at premiums, mid-priced, and budget players, is this idea of uh, price point theory. Um, or a price point strategy. Um, So this is an approach that um, people that have played the game a number of years will definitely have heard about. If you're kind of new to the game, this might be a little bit different for you. And it has to do with team structure. Um, The idea behind this this price point approach is that uh, you want to have players in each of those tiers in every position. So in, in each position of your field, goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and forward, uh, you want to have players in the premium, mid-priced, and lower bracket or budget bracket uh, uh, price points. Um, maybe not so much with goalkeepers, but but the other positions on the field. Um, and the idea behind this is two things. So uh, number one, uh, the idea is that it uh, um, ensures that you kind of fairly distribute cost throughout your team. Uh, but but the reason behind that and the, kind of the second point is that it allows for flexibility. Now, Jake and I have, I mean, at least I'll speak for myself. I have not necessarily followed this rule of thumb uh, when I build my teams. I look a lot more for, for just maximizing total points. Um, but the argument against that would be that it's very hard to be flexible once the season starts if you if you get yourself into a rigid structure. For example, let's say like last year when I had all very cheap forwards, it was impossible almost for me with, without a hit to get an expensive forward. in. Jake, is this uh, like a, a hypothesis or an approach that you use in your team planning or is it something that you um, are kind of new to?
1: I haven't used it in the past, and I think that it has caused problems and it it forces me to use my wild card early and i'm gonna really try to avoid that this season um i just don't I just don't think using the wild card early is gonna be beneficial this year, hard to say for sure um but still still struggling with it because it I feel like then you end up like for example, I'm looking for like a five and a half million uh, defender and I just don't like any of them and so it's like what do I do then do I get a player on my team that I don't really want or or do I just forego it hard to
0: say it certainly is hard to say Jacob it certainly is hard to say there's no doubt about that Uh, yeah I don't know it's um, it's just something worth I mean kind of thinking about and, and maybe keeping in mind as you structure your team um, but it's also worth thinking about when we're when we're talking about these premium players and, and how many we want in each position, uh, and and how many total kind of premium players you want on your team. Um, one thing that I thought I would start by saying is just this idea of premium. I'm gonna say that word so many times. Jake is not a premium co-host. What do you think? Do you think mid-priced? Keep going budget keep going
1: garbage bin
0: yeah (laughs) gosh um so this idea of uh so so premium price point versus a a premium player i think that they're words that are sometimes uh used interchangeably but uh, for example like taa he's a would be considered a premium defender he's the most expensive defender in the game um but often when people use that word uh, premium, right? They're referring to the Abas and Salas and Manes, right? Those guys that are the mo- basically the most expensive players in the game. For the sake of this podcast, um, we're going to be looking at it kind of via premium price point. So guys that fall within their category, within their um, within their position, uh, to be premium players. So let's start with this, Jake. Um, how many do you think you're going to have on your team? Just in terms of like structure
1: well i don't want to get into it in detail too much but i am extremely displeased with the epl's fixture supporting supporting man united and man city um i, oh, I you, really, have a, you have some beef with that i do have some beef with that i i just uh, it you just don't want to talk about it no, I don't. But I think that my initial strategy was to go without any twelve mids. Um, so that would be no Mane, Sala, Obama, obame and I know KDB and Sterling are still probably considered premium. Fernandez probably premium as well. Um, but but now that that really runs me into a problem with the fact that two or three of the midfielders that are going to have on my team have a have a bye game week one. Yeah. And then Man City play Wolves, which, you know, they struggle against. And so that really threw a wrench into everything. So for sure, I'll be having Trent on my team so you can count him as a premium. I'm probably going to have Van Dyke or Robertson as well, if you want to consider that. Um, but then I may actually start with two premiums and i'm trying to decide whether it's going to be a Salah, obama yang combo or a, a top forward with one of those midfielders
0: yeah i think and for the sake of this like just for definition you know when we get into this this conversation about the types of players that we're considering in this bracket i mean are we saying you know i would say probably players that are at 10 or above right in terms of price for midfielders and forwards and for defenders, you know, anything probably six and above, right, are considered premium defenders. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. So just for definition, that's what we'll stick with uh, going forward. Yeah, I, it's it does depend, right, on it, where, which positions you're looking at. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more specifically about some of those players that you mentioned, like, you know, do you have a Salah? Do you have a Mane and things like that in your team um, when we get into the uh, – into the questions a little bit later because there's a handful of questions about those things but um looking at my team for example you know i've i have um right now just tentatively well i'll tell you this first just because it's kind of funny so i built my team uh before the fixtures and then uh just said i'm not going to really mess with it until a couple weeks after the fixtures are released because um i don't know you know transfers and who's going to be where and who's even starting and those types of things but I looked at my team, uh, after the fixtures were released and I was like, cool, like five guys aren't playing in game week one. That's great. Uh, so that's obviously going to require, um, some surgery, right. And some work to be done. But, uh, yeah, currently the way I'm looking at it is I'll probably have two defenders that are in that price price range, um, probably, um, two midfield players. And I don't think I'll have any, uh, forwards that fall into that, that price range, um, we should I, probably I, clarify: Are we going to consider?
1: You know, this is a hot, hot topic. Werner as a premium at nine point five, or is he just sneak under because he's less than ten?
0: Well, I don't know. There's like... three
1: guys at that nine point five bracket, and I think Werner is going to be the most talked about because you know there's Firmino and and Jesus, who no one ever wants on their team, really. But so you want that... to call the forwards nine and a halfs? Just because I, of the way I mean, they're priced think, out this year? I think we I think we do. Because that you know, I've tried to make a team with some of those nine and a half guys in there, and it, it becomes very challenging to have more than one other premium midfield asset. I mean it's doable, but right. you're other you're you're searching bottom of the barrel players
0: then for the rest of your team. Okay. All right, I'm good with that. So we'll include him. We'll include him. So I have current current draft has him in it as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see if when we start breaking this down like where exactly it falls, but it, I think the most important reason that we carry these teams is is because of or carry these players is because of consistency and returns. Um, and it's it's captaincy, right? Is kind of the big thing. So Mark asked, uh, which premium player do we need to have in our teams in order to have the best captaincy options for the first uh, 6 to 8 game weeks? Can you reveal your captaincy plan on who to get and when? marks fpl virgin sorry questions are always very like tell me exactly how to do this you fools i like that i like that uh have you thought a little bit about uh captaincy planning jacob
1: yes and that's what also makes me distraught um i think the problem is is that i would i would really like to have these players that have by weeks game game one um And so to me, I'm between captaining Obama Yang and Salah for the first two game weeks. I don't love that Liverpool play Chelsea, but Chelsea haven't really strengthened their back line, which doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me. And so I think I can go with either or depending on how I feel. And then my plan is, is honestly to just switch over to KDB or Sterling. Um, They have... So, like, based on the chart that you, you know you were talking about, which I think is extremely useful, you would be going, you know, Aubameyang would have Fulham, West Ham, and then you would be going to, you know, uh, you know Leeds, and then West Ham after that. And there's a couple weeks in there where you know it's a little bit trickier. I'll probably have Jimenez on my team um he's an option i don't love him as a captain because he doesn't tend to be as explosive so you know again your captain doesn't have to have the best fixture in the world i mean kdb proved that time and time again last year um and that's why i really like him as a player he can just really score bunches of points against whatever team he plays (laughs) bunches 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 Um, of bunches of points
0: how many points would would bunches be
1: uh double digit. Let's say double digit fantasy halls.
0: Okay. I'd like to punch you in the face bunches of times. But I'd like some bunches of oats this morning. Bunches of oats. What is that? I don't I don't know. Is
1: that a granola bar or something? (laughs) It should be. Maybe we can sponsor a granola bar
0: ad. Oh, granola bar ad. That's a great idea. So then we would be sponsored by Pumpkin Spice Lattes from Starbucks. Uh, Master Strokes Dildos.
1: Yep. Check.
0: Check. And granola bars. Yeah. Oh, those are those our only three comment. sponsors?
1: Yeah. If you don't start your morning out with those three things, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we can start packaging the three together. Like it's like a morning. You know, like you what you wake up and you open the package and there's just like a custom dildo, a pumpkin spice latte enema for afterwards, of course, and then. A granola bar. <laughs> I
1: think we're on to something here.
0: Oh, man. It's like a care package of sorts. Yeah. We should do that for, for all of our Patreons. We should send yeah.
1: them. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. What are, what are your thoughts on your captaining options in the beginning of the season?
0: Uh, so um, I, I was looking at what kind of FPL Andy sent out, um, and he sent out a little uh, chart. I stole this from him uh he sent out a little chart um looking at look at my dog sniffing me right now hi buddy how's it going yeah all right <laughs> uh he heard he heard that we were doing care packages he got very excited um fpl andy sent out a little chart here um that that kind of breaks down and i retweeted it as well that breaks down mi- arguably the best captain options um in each game week and uh kind of looking at the the big premium players so uh, the way he has it set up is on one side of the chart. He has the, the big hitters. Um, so he just kind of picked his own. So Aubameyang, uh, Werner Zaberna, uh, Vardy, Salah, Ormani, Katie Beer, Sterling, Bruno Rashford, Ings, Kane, and Jimenez. And then he just put the first eight game weeks and kind of like highlighted the major fixtures. I mean, anyone could have done it, but it's a really cool way to kind of see, um, to see uh, like the matrix. That's what it looks like. It's like all the green boxes are like coming down. So, um I've been looking a little bit at and it really will come down to strategy I think whether I decide to do an early wildcard or not. Um you know there are some things that I feel like you know I see the advantage of the early wildcard and I see the problems with it. Um you know I've only early wildcarded once in my career as an FPL manager and uh it it wasn't super successful it was this last season. Um that doesn't mean that it's a bad strategy. It uh you know we need to we need to be a able to adjust to new strategies every single season. And so um, I am looking at Aubameyang against Fulham in in game week one. Um, I am looking at Werner Zabrner, but there's some some question marks there about exactly how Chelsea line up. And so I'm not exactly sure. Um, I don't, and we'll talk about this later because there's some questions on it, but I don't know that I'll have Salah or Mane. I I don't know that I can afford them. Um, I know Aubameyang's the same, but I think... Obamiang um, would be out after game week two. Um, so anyways, check that little captaincy chart out that I retweeted. It's a good little, I mean, it's just a good little tool to kind of maybe get a feel for what you want to do uh, with, with your captain premium options. Um, okay. Do you have any more comments on that, Jake?
1: No, i th- I think that's good. I think there's a lot of different like strategies in the beginning, a lot of good fixtures, a lot of different ways you can approach it. Um yeah you know I've seen some players too make teams where they have like Fernandez or KDB on the bench to start and good for you uh that's going to be tricky but I mean that helps you bank a transfer. So that's a nice way to do
0: it. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. I mean yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back for those that are really wanting. For example, there were some questions about when are you wild carding and how are you managing the start the structure at the start of the year and um we haven't decided yet, okay? So we do need some more information. Um, for example, they haven't released yet, Jake, have they, when that City or United, you know, those those four teams that are missing at the start of the year, when those matches are going to be rescheduled, have they? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm sorry if
1: they haven't. I don't know, but I don't think so. Yeah,
0: I haven't read anything about it. So that's a big deal. You know, when are those games going? For example, like, if they were scheduled somewhere where – um, you know there's a good double game week option with those teams uh and we we might want to say all right i'm gonna hold my wild card for that you know for that time i don't know i, I mm-hmm. the other side of it of course is that wolves fixtures are great game week three through game week seven or eight um you know uh you're gonna want some city assets for sure to get into your team you're gonna want some man united assets in your team for sure after game week one and so you know, I think that there's some time to, to think about that and, and maybe look at some different strategies. So we're not going to rush into that. Um, the other question then, so we've talked a little bit about kind of forward and midfield options, Jake. And the other I th- thing that happened last year that was a big deal was this idea of big at the back, right? So instead of maybe having um, a bunch of midfield and forward premium players on your team, you maybe limit those players and you, you go with, um, you know, four maybe players in the back line uh, that are are considered backline premium players. Um, I kind of started like that last year. I had a pretty strong midfield and back line and pretty weak uh, uh, forward line. Marvin Gunner writes in, I need my annual wide big at the back doesn't work speech. Um It's an interesting conversation. So this year we have a lot of players that fall into that category and a lot of players that performed really well last year. So TAA, Rabo, Van Dyke, Doherty, um, all players uh, that would fall into that category and that returned reasonably as well. What are your thoughts about big at the back, Jake? Yeah, I don't think
1: big at the back didn't
0: work last year.
1: I think it didn't work at the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. and that's because Allison got injured. Liverpool couldn't keep a clean sheet to save their life. Doherty had a tough schedule run and they had Europa. And so, again, like you said, you got to transition from season to season. Wolves don't have any European football. just going to pause there. Um, And then, you know, Liverpool, eh, defensively, they weren't great last year with regards to clean sheets, but, you know, you got to have some of those guys on your team. So,
0: they were pretty good, Jake, in regards to clean sheets. They had 14.
1: Yeah, I guess compared to the year before, how many the, did they have?
0: 16 the year before.
1: What? Is that correct? Yeah. Cuz I'm reading No, it. they had more than that. In 2018-2019 t- uh, Robertson himself had 21 clean sheets.
0: Uh, I was looking at uh Trent Alexander-Arnold's stats only. So oh, he was got out you, for you. some rotation. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. They had they had far more clean sheets in 18. Yeah,
1: 19. like an absurd number. And I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're going to get there again, but um, it's all about your value per that player. And so what I kind of warn people is if you're going to go really cheap, you're going to have to nail every single cheap player that you go for. And that's very hard. I think Lundstrom was different because we knew he was playing out of position. But, you know, I see a lot of guys going with, You know, um, you know, Ruben Vinagre from Wolves, um, Ferguson from Crystal Palace, another 4.5, maybe like Taylor from Burnley, I guess not as much him anymore because of the fixtures, but you're going to have to get every single one of those players right for it to work. And are you really going to be wanting to spend a transfer on your defender game week two, game week three? When you need to get in players like Sterling, KDB, Fernandez, Rashford. N- no. So it's a little bit safer to go with like a Doherty or a Trent or a Robbo from the beginning and just be like, hey, even if they don't get clean sheets, they're staying in my team. They're playing every week. I don't really care who they play. That's that's my advice on that.
0: Let me ask you this. It, I just thought of this and I don't have any stats to back it up, but you, you brought up an interesting point. If you go with these these low-priced guys, for example, in, anywhere on the pitch, right? They're, it's challenging, right, to, like, pick the right player, okay? Is it more challenging or less challenging to pick a defender than it is to pick, like, a midfielder or a forward that's going to play? Because oh. when you look at, like, the strikers, for example, there's almost almost none that performed well that are low that were really low priced last year so like if we look at um 5.5 and below uh the top scoring player last year was uh origi with 65 points is that right oh that's from uh, last, we'd have to it's last from, yeah it's last year's data but yeah so we'd have to look like five. did
1: Ma- did Mopey come in at 5.5? Yeah, those guys
0: I, those guys did. Yeah, they did. they were they did better than that. But still yeah. it's but I guess I guess it, it it you know like yeah, Jordan Jordan Ayu, for example started the season at 5 and he scored uh, 132 points. Um yeah. He's so, probably the best value. Yeah, he started the season at 5.5, Neil you know Mape, and he finished with 131 points. Um but do you kind of get like the point to my question like is it, For sure. easy, is you, you know, can you get it right? Do you have a better chance of going with like a cheaper price defender than a forward? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there.
1: Um, I think in a sense, yes and no, because clean sheets are so random. Um, but if you get a cheap defender that you know is playing, that's a good start uh, where like you're really hoping for returns with your midfield and forward players and that can be very hard to predict mm-hmm. and you'll feel kind of crappy if you have a guy like you know ma on your team who's not getting returns right off the bat you're going to be more tempted to switch to like you know last year for example pookie Right. I think I switched Jimenez to Puki because Jimenez wasn't starting the season very well. And like long term, it would have just made sense to hold Jimenez. And that's the error on my part. But that's the risk of if you go with a lower priced player and they don't return, what do you do? Do you just keep holding them and hoping that you were right? Or do you do you just make the transfer? But those transfers should be saved for more of like your premium assets, I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Right, 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 right. Right. Cool. 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 All right. Um, yeah, we, we got on a tangent there. We started talking about budget players. I mean, it it's connected, right? Because it's that's what ends up happening, right? If you're going to bring in a bunch of premium defenders, then you're going to have to go budget elsewhere. Um, But anyways, we should we should transition a little bit here because we have a lot of other stuff to cover today. And we have questions to get into Jake. Uh, I did want to shout our league. So quite a few people have been joining uh league dive i actually just got an email from um christopher marshall the winner from this last year so i'm trying to i'm trying to connect with him and and so my bad chris if you if you listen to the pod i think you do um because he sent me a message like something about so what is this about me winning the league and getting nudes of jake and i was like man this guy's got life figured out uh Uh, You know, so I obviously I took the nudes that I have saved on my phone of Jake that he didn't know about that I took of him multiple times and I sent them to him just as like a thank you, you know.
1: Interesting.
0: I also posted them on the Internet. Great. That's good. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So a lot of people joining League Dive. Um, R0XA2A is the league code. R0XA2A. Please join. Um, The PSL Super League, uh, we have added a few more members because we have some new Patreons. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, League Died, ODZQ9B. ODZQ9B. It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, Join that as well. And the Slack team's doing well. So um, Gaz has everything up and running. This is a it's probably between this and like when we wildcard are the two hardest times of the year. Certainly now is, is the hardest. Um, we voted that TAA will be into the squad. Um, and now we're talking about kind of chip strategy. So are we going to use that wild card early or not? Um, there's some voting going on on that because obviously that's going to vastly affect the structure of the team. Um, so get into the Slack team. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you if, if you're involved um, please make sure you're voting and, and commenting when you can um, I know everybody's busy with things going on but but do what you can um, Jake let's take a really short break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about um, some some questions that people have and uh, we'll talk a little bit about our team some more stay tuned Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Quick shout to our Patreons. We've had seven new people join since uh, this off-season began. Uh, Suj, Jake, Liam, Alex, Otto, John, Rui, and Kiwi Nick all have, have joined the Patreon at, at different levels. Um, we have three different levels that you can join at. Uh, anyone that you know, like listens to the pod consistent, consistently, and we'd really appreciate your support. If you don't listen to the pod consistently, you should start and then give us your money. Am I right, Jake? Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you get to be involved in the pod at, at a whole nother level, right? Part of the Slack channel, uh, part of the the Slack community team. Um, you know, you've got unlimited access to nudes of Jake whenever you want them in any way, right? Like you can ask for pictures of anything. <laughs> anything. This is news to me. Well, I just put it on the Patreon, so it's in writing now and you have to do it. It's It's in there. So, uh, yeah, sign up uh, at Patreon.com/backslash/the Art of uh, the Dive, or you can go to our Twitter. There's a little link on there, um, and, and or our, our website, uh, DiveFPL.com. Uh, should we get started, Jake, with some some rotating sections from from the the, the season? We've got some new rotating sections that we're going to be doing. You ready? Yep. Okay. First section. It's a trap. It's back, the Amaral Akbar section of the pod. 2.6 Sounds writes in, which premium asset is the biggest trap this year? He just wanted to hear me say it. Uh, but it's a rotating section of the pod, so anybody that wants to talk traps, send it in. Jake, do you have a player that you feel like is a premium player that could be considered a trap this year?
1: Yes. Oh. Um going to be a little uh, bit out of, out of right field, but uh, I would say Man City forwards. So that would be Aguero or Jesus. I just don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't see them doing real well this year. A lot of rotation. Aguero's another year older. He's a fantastic player. But he also has only, you know, besides his one really good year of where he scored 200 points, he usually s- tends to score around like the 160 to 180 region and he's just too much money for that and it's just too much of a risk and there's money to be spent elsewhere in that midfield. Hmm. That's going to be mine.
0: That's an interesting one. Did you know that I'm I'm just pulling this up on um uh the player comparison tool on Fantasy Football Scout. Uh did did you know that let me see this. Uh, Jesus actually had a higher expected goals than the Kuhn did this year. Yep. Yeah. And hmm. and Kuhn's points per match was it was
1: very good. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't bad. I think for forwards, um, yeah, number three, five point five points per game, which was only behind Martial and Vardy, and Martial obviously got a little bit of a bonus from being a midfielder. Yeah, so in, in Kuhn's defense, he did have an injury,
0: right? He only yeah. played like what did he? He only played like 1500 minutes this year, or right? Yeah, so that's what I guess much,
1: what I'm but. saying is that if you look at his previous, you know, he, he's been in the league for a long time. So you have a mm-hmm. lot of stats to look at for the past years. Mm-hmm. Last year, he did break the 200 point mark, which, you know, to me, like if he scored 200 points at 10.5, I'd consider having him in my team. Right. But I just don't see that happening um that's where i think he's a little bit of a trap
0: okay i like that um i'm gonna go with my favorite player the hurricane uh i i really i i just don't i don't know i i don't think harry kane um has it anymore i'm gonna be honest i i don't think he's had it for like some time uh and people just get off to him because he's an english player and I mean, let's just—I mean, let's put it on the table. I'll, I'll go for it right now. Like English English folk way overvalue their English players. That I mean, it's just my two cents. I, I, you know, people get such a boner to it constantly. Like, oh, he's English. You know, we'll pay eighteen million dollars for him while well, he was like a you know worth five hundred k or whatever. Like, it's just—it's ridiculous. Um, he statistically, um, you know, really. I, I know Kane you know, had some little injuries here and there throughout the year as well. Um, But, you know, he played quite a few minutes this year. I mean, he played 2,500 minutes um, and he actually only had an expected goals of like 12 and a half or 13 total goals on the year. That's pretty low for a player that plays as a central striker and plays um, in, in, in kind of kind of the way that he does. Right. So just to give you some perspective, a. Compared against Aguero, Aguero played a thousand less minutes and had a higher expected goals on the season. Um, So it's a trap. Don't I wouldn't go with Harry Kane. People every year get like excited about him and then every year are disappointed in him. Um, although it is hard to ignore, right? Like back to back seasons in 2016, 17, 17, 18 with 29 goals. Everybody believes that's coming back, right? Isn't that that's what's going on? Am I am I wrong? Yeah. I think that's what people believe,
1: but I just not with Mo as well. Just yeah. it's just not gonna, happen. It's not gonna
0: happen. Um all right, another rotating section of the pod that we're gonna bring back is a little bit of Twitter beef. You ready for some beef, Jake? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Say say beef, it's what's for dinner. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Why does your voice sound like that when you do it?
1: I, I don't I allergies, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's beef. <laughs> <laughs> no, pork, pork. It's my... what's for dinner. I don't know. I... My cat's playing with his loud toy, so that's going to be
0: good. It's distracting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe you can't hear it. I just had a bird slam into my window and die. <laughs> God. It <laughs> like, just happened. It was really scared me. I jumped, really. <laughs> we have big windows in our house. Okay. Uh Twitter beef. Uh do you have to have? This was a big big thing on twitter and i know you haven't been on twitter as much lately jake so i'll, I'll ask you this question do you have to have a good fpl or history uh to produce content in the fpl community what do you think jake
1: oh i don't know that that's i don't think so i mean why do you have to have a good fpl over? like history to produce like good content i mean you might be able to produce some good content like that makes sense and can be useful i don't know yeah like maybe you maybe you just like want to have players on your team that you really like and you don't do well i i don't know
0: yeah i've had a few decent fpl years um under my belt now and uh I I completely I disagree, right, with the folks that say, "Oh, if your OR history isn't spectacular, I would never want to do any listen to any of your stuff or be part of anything that you do." Or it's ridiculous. It really is. Um that'd be like saying all the other people that tweet things when they have ideas or want to share information, like what are we going to do? We're going to we're going to have to somehow uh like check their ORs to see if their stuff's worth reading. Like that's just ridiculous. People I think anybody can produce any ideas that they want. You know, we talk about that even within like our little dive community on our Slack channel. Like a lot of people take a lot of time to share ideas and help us run run the the community and and things like that and and I just think it's it's kind of absurd to say, "Oh, well you didn't you haven't, you know, been top 10k 15 times. Oh, I'm not interested in hearing your information." Um, I mean, obviously, like if somebody hasn't been there before, and they're giving advice about how to get there, maybe that's not the person to listen to. But there's a lot of other content outside of that. Um, And so that's just my two cents. It was a it was a good argument on Twitter, people were going back and forth about it. But there's a lot of people that don't have great ranks that um, that produce wonderful content. Um, And then the other one. I thought was funny is this is the this is the ultimate time of year for people to just shit on one another, like about all their ideas. Um, but my thought is if you don't shit on everyone else's ideas, you can't be right all the time. Am I right, Jake? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, got to put everybody else down to build yourself up. That's the only way to live your life, Jake. You suck at everything. Moving on. Uh, let's get into some game week questions, Jake. So these are questions that are specifically about um, premium assets. So Let's start with this uh, 2.6 sounds writes in uh, predicted best performing assets for the new season. So what players Jake, are you really liking? I guess is, is what the question is, right? And, and when you start, I know you talked a little bit about players that you think might be in your team um, in, in the premium categories. Why don't we go through like, and kind of work from back to front. We, we've already hit on some of the Liverpool assets. Um, Doherty, I think is, is one worth talking about. Is there anybody else that we're missing? um in in the back line no i'm not really interested in everyone
1: else i mean Pereira. no i don't even like Pereira when he's healthy necessarily okay no so
0: let's just and let's just hit all the guys right that would fall into this category so like midfielders then we're looking at kdb salamane abba sterling um anybody else in the midfield bracket fernandez oh yeah fernandez 10, 10 and a half fernandez anybody else
1: uh no, I mean I think I think that is, I think that's everyone. I mean then you jump down to nine and a half for Rashford. He's kind of a weird price. Um, no one's at ten. Rashford's nine and a half, and Son's at nine. And then it goes. We'll have to see what uh, Havertz gets priced at. Um, for yeah, Chelsea, for that'll sure. be interesting.
0: And then for so. forwards, it's like it's Vardy. Kane, Firmino, Hmm. Jesus, Aguero, uh, Werner. And Werner. And that's it. Yep. Okay. Who do you really like in those categories? Like, which guys do you think, especially at the start of the season? (sighs) Got it. So,
1: from the back, I mean, we said the back. So, for midfield, I don't think you can go super wrong in all honesty. Um, the, the tricky thing is, is that, you know, three out of the six don't have games. So you're stuck with Obama, Man, Mane, and Sala, And then the question becomes, are you planning to use a transfer or do you hold them? And so that's going to be, I think, the biggest question for this season. And it's it's going to be probably split pretty 50-50. <clears throat> um, with regards to the forwards... I already said that I don't really like Aguero. I also don't really like Kane for the reasons you you spoke of. He was kind of my other trap option. So that just leaves Vardy and basically Werner, because I think everybody knows Firmino and and Jesus aren't going to do that great. Um, I like Werner. Uh, It's going to be interesting because there's a lot going on with that team, and now there's even more players coming in. So it he's a very tricky player i think the that's the biggest question do i start with him or do i not start with him
0: yeah all right that's a good kind of answer to the question but we'll, we'll get into more specific players as we get going here so garf asked what balance of premium assets in each position could could be the preferred combo is it a one-two-one uh, what is the maximum value would, you would spend on premium assets and i'll i'll kind of jump off of that i mean I think that it's, it's interesting because you could have three premium backline assets. Um, for example, we have a question coming up about triple Liverpool, right? Um, but but if, if you do it that way, right, then you're probably only going to have one you know, midfielder and one forward. I don't know that there's an optimal combination, okay? I, I think that everybody needs to kind of figure out their strategy first in terms of wildcarding early or not, and, and then go that direction. Um, the question what is the maximum value you would spend on premium assets that is a good question Um, I I don't I wouldn't you know limit it to like an exact number of course it's going to be within depending on other players right within a a small range Um, and and it also depends a little bit on that structure that one two one or, or if you decide to go with two two premium defenders and you go elsewhere Right now, the way I'm leaning towards, though, is probably to have two premium defending players, uh, two premium priced midfield players, and maybe one premium priced forward. And I I think I'm able to pull that off and make that work. Um, The challenging part about that is to have 12.0 players in the midfield like in Abba and Salah really limits your ability to do that. And you're going to have to take a dump somewhere else on on the pitch. Um, The other thing that we talked about earlier was just in terms of maximum value. I try to squeeze out a little value from like a 4.0 player somewhere. So I might go with, you know, a 4.0 defender or maybe even two 4.0 defenders if we can find two that are one that's maybe playing and one that doesn't play. And that gives me an extra, you know, million to spend somewhere else, um, which would probably go towards that premium asset bracket. Um, So we didn't, I guess we're doing a bad job not giving like a solid answer on that. I think it really depends on kind of the structure of your team because obviously if you're going to have more premium defensive options you won't be probably won't be spending as much overall on that premium budget am i right in assuming that yep i agree okay uh jn writes in are united and city players worth going for considering they both blank week week one and and gautam wrote in uh, who are the ideal premiums to have given city and united blank to start i mean i think you know everybody's talking about this whole idea of having abba early right um, and, and going with him maybe for the first two game weeks, they have really good fixtures to start. Um, so who who are their first two, Jake? I don't remember. Uh, Fulham and then West Ham? Yeah, that's right, Fulham and West Ham. So to me, I think a lot of people are going to kind of wrestle between like a Liverpool asset, Salah Armani, and then um, Aubameyang. And, you know, I, I do think that Salah is a better pick it, just in terms of like what he offers – you know, his expected goals were higher. His number of shots were higher. His expected goals on target higher. Um, his expected goal involvement, which includes expected assists was higher. Total touches higher. I mean, almost, almost in every category, Salah is a, is a better pick than Aubameyang. Um, have you thought a little bit about that though, Jake? I mean, I know the fixtures probably would we say they favor Aubameyang, right? Yes, and so
1: to me, it's like that's the strategy, right? If you're going to hold a player, I think Salah's better, personally. Aubameyang, great first two fixtures, but then they actually have tougher fixtures. And he just doesn't provide the assist potential, um, which worries me. I still think Arsenal are, I mean, no one's going to argue this, but they're, yeah, they are worthless. And so he is the main man for their team, and he has a great goal conversion rate. Like, that's what he beats... Basically, I mean maybe Mane comes close, I'd have to look at the numbers again, but his goal conversion rate compared to Salah, Fernandez, Sterling, probably De Bruyne, Rashford, you know, he's at about like 24% where, you know, guys like Rashford are at like 14-15. Um yeah, that's really high. And, and and that's where he like makes up ground. He's just a fantastic finisher. But he'll he'll go games where he'll get like one, two chances. And if he does miss that chance, he's not going to get any points for you. And so I think long term, if you're going to hold a 12.0 asset, you need Mane or Sala. Um, so that that's my take on it. Um, Salah is more explosive to me. He's had a season where he's gotten over 300 points. Um, so to me, it's Salah hands down. But I know there's a lot of argument and I see some more people arguing Mane I don't know if they're just trying to throw people off. But to me, I would prefer Salah every time.
0: Well, there's a lot of talk with uh, people talking about going no Salah.
1: Like, yeah. just and I think that's, him, so. that's what I'm leaning toward in all honesty. But I think because of the fixtures, I'm going to start with Sala or Aubameyang and then move my guy down to KDB or Sterling. The tricky thing is both Fernandez, Sterling and KDB are all priced above any other midfielder so if you don't start with two 12.0 midfielders what is your plan to get to those guys or are you not going to have them and to me I want them I want I honestly you know I would prefer to have De Bruyne Sterling and a Rashford or Fernandez on my team and that's where it gets really tricky because that's a lot of transfers planned at the beginning of the year and you got to nail everything else then.
0: Yeah, Emma writes in, FPL General is talking about going without Sala. How do you feel about this move? And are there any other bold decisions you are mulling over, FPL General? All uh, right, I posted the same thing twice. Nice. Uh, Wilson writes in to Salah or not to Salah. Um, I can't seem to fit more than two premium midfielders in my team right now. I'm on KDB and Fernandez, um, which, of course, that was. she wrote that in last week. I, I saved that question, so now... Obviously that's probably not really on the table. Uh, And then Jamie Dodd is advocating for Mane over Salah. So let's hit both of those ideas. And you kind of already talked about a little of it. Uh, When I look at my team structure, I prefer a team that has Fernandez and KDB instead of like an Abba and Salah or something like that. Um, I feel like the points are pretty similar in terms of overall return, and I can distribute those funds other places and and really help me out. the the issue is, like you said, is just the start of the year. And we haven't quite figured out, like I said earlier, how we're going to manage that. I, I think that we need to see when those new fixtures are placed. Um, we need to see kind of what teams look like in terms of lineups and how they're going to start. Um, but at the moment, if if and I know this is a stupid hypothetical, but if everybody was just playing normal game weeks, I don't think I'd have Sol on my team. No, so for sure, I completely
1: agree. Uh, that's I uh, yeah you know, I think we're on the same page there. So I don't honestly think it's that bold
0: to go without Salah this year, but it's just hard to imagine because he's he's 233 points, right? This last year he had a great season. Yeah. Uh, 19 goals, 10 assists. I mean, I know, you know, last year 259 and the year before 303. So like, you know, trending down a little bit, but but very good seasons all three of them. What about this idea that Jamie Dodd's throwing out that Salah versus Mane? I mean, they are very close, right? The two of them. Uh, They're priced the same this year. Um, You know, expected goals goes to Salah. And part of that is just kind of his style, right? The way he plays. Um, But like initially on the outside, Jake, if you were going to pick between one or the other, is there anything that that kind of separates them for you?
1: I I think the thing that separates that was a really is, long pause.
0: By the way, I thought I thought we had lost you. I thought you were dead. <sighs>
1: yeah, I I I hoped. Yeah, I think it's just because you're going to be mad about my answer. But the thing that separates them, in my opinion, is like the eye test. Uh, I I I just think. I, I just think it's the chance, the number, the sheer number of chances that Salah has. And so, like, Mane relies a little bit more on his conversion, which he's great at converting goals, um, and he'll probably continue to do well. But I just don't see Mane outscoring Salah. It's never happened. So why would we assume that all of a sudden this year he's going to outscore him? They're at the same price point. So, like, to me... Where's your argument this year? You should be arguing that, if anything, this is the year you have to go solid because they're the same price point. Like, the years past, it made sense to go with Mane. So, I I honestly think Jamie Dodd's just trying to ruin everybody's FPL season.
0: That's what we're trying to do, so we should agree with him then.
1: Or is it, like, reverse psychology? And we all know Jake's stupid, so why would he say that? Ah, so that he's
0: going with Mane. It's like reverse, reverse psychology. Exactly. It's like reverse, reverse, reverse psychology. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I will say that I completely agree with you. Um, his expected goal, the expected goal involvement between the two of them. So Salah 26 uh, to Mane's 19. Um, now, Mane does beat Salah out in a couple little categories. For example, like he gets more touches um, but Sa- overall, but Salah gets more touches in the final third. So what that says to me is that Salah doesn't track back. And that Mane does, right? Like Mane goes and picks the ball up a lot more in the midfield. And if you want a player scoring a lot, that's that's not necessarily where you want him doing it. Um, Mane does surpass Salah in some other areas. For example, he takes players on at a much more, at a, not a much more, slightly more successful rate. Does it more often as well. Uh, quite a bit more often, actually, in terms of take-ons. Um, and and because of that, it does help Mane's uh, bonus points slightly. Um, So he he does a little bit better in the bonus point category, but not like so much that you're, you know, kind of taken away by it. Um, And the biggest stat to me is the the goal threat stats. So uh, involvement, if you look at the two of them, so Salah had 322 touches in the opponent's penalty area, uh, whereas Mane only had 217 this last year. Um, Now, I know that they're they're kind of final like tallies were pretty close in terms of goals and, and assists and things like that. But like, it's not even close when you start looking at goal attempts, Salah, 132 to Mane, 77. It, he almost doubled his goal attempts. So I, I mean, I think it speaks a lot to kind of their, their styles of play and Salah's like, incre- incredibly direct, like very selfish, isn't giving the ball up. And I think you made the perfect point in years past, when Sala and Mane had different price points, it made sense to, to consider Mane. This year it does not. Um, so I'm going to have to say it's Sala or none. That's your choices. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Native American Drake wrote in uh, Is Triple Liverpool defense dumb or genius? Well, they start the season with uh, Lester home. Chelsea away. Arsenal home. Leeds. Leeds oh, at sorry. Home. Leeds at home. Uh, Chelsea away. Arsenal at home. Villa away. And then Everton away. It's actually not a great start to the season in terms of fixtures, is it?
1: No. That's the thing that makes it a little bit challenging, but um, I'm leaning genius. I don't know who else I would have on my team from Liverpool. Like Hendo at 5.5 because of his like points per value what about you know Ke-
0: Keita bro Hendo's out he's hurt
1: yeah well and oh I didn't know that he was hurt but I yeah Keita would be hurt. the only other person I think he's you could still yeah yeah I'm, I mean Keita would be the only other person to maybe consider then um but I, you know I would have to do a little bit more digging on that I just like that your Liverpool defense is just like they're guaranteed to get you I feel like 180 points for each player that you have which is You know, if you can tell me, oh, pick a midfield player right now that's at 7 million, which is like the average of the Liverpool defenders, and that they'll get you 180 points this year, uh, no one's going to be able to tell you with much certainty which player to go for. So to me, if you don't have Salah or Mane, you should probably triple up on Liverpool defense, or at least plan to do so maybe after some of the tough fixtures. I just don't know where you go with that money if you do if you only go two of them to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't dislike it. It's it's a lot of money in the back line, um, you know. And, and I like I said, the fixtures aren't necessarily perfect, but um, they they are. They'll probably as a as a group this year. Um, you know, I would guess that they would finish with I don't know fifteen clean sheets this year, right? You know, or more. So, it, you know, and, and you know that like Rabo and TAA are going to get dimes, right? So uh, Rabo finished with 12 assists in each of the last two years, uh, Trent with 13 and 15. So they're, they're going to get returns throughout the year. I mean, they're actually probably on between the two of them. They're probably on for like 30 plus returns, like 30 to 35 returns each by the end of the year. Um, so they're they're probably quite safe like set and forget players i would say um would the third be virgil
1: would that be the way you'd go yep yeah i don't think gomez is worth it i mean virgil continues i mean for the past two years he's gotten eight returns and seven returns you know i think gomez had one chance one shot last year so just avoid him he doesn't he doesn't provide you any bonus virgil got you 14 last year and 22 the year before and he doesn't provide any goal scoring threat whatsoever yeah. so pay the extra money go with virgil set and forget him um, maybe, maybe you don't play Virgil against really good teams. Cause he's a little bit more, you're just hoping for clean sheets, but even then you never know when he's going to get a header goal. So to me, he's a set and forget as well. The only thing that I've kind of been considering is double wolves, but I don't like their fixtures either. So like maybe going or not double wolves, or maybe going with like a Doherty and then going back to like a Van Dyke down the road basically yeah wolves fixtures
0: are really good <clears throat> after the first two right yeah yeah they get really good okay um this goes a little bit in another direction but wilson writes in Werner Ozayich. um often players new to the epl take a little while to settle in does this make them too risky to start with Um, And then DC wrote in, need Jake's whining voice more. Oh, God. Uh, A little disappointed with him being more optimistic in the opening pod, to be honest. Oh, if you have to choose between one of Timo and Zajic, what would you you go for and the rationale why? So we can talk a little bit about Timo and just this idea of like players betting in. I mean, I hear this all the time. Like players new to the league need some time to settle in. Um, Is that true? i don't know did
1: Salah score 303 points when he came back to the premier league i guess you could argue he was with chelsea before but
0: yeah that I would think,
1: be an argument against it
0: yeah i think uh <laughs> fpl general like posted like seven or eight players over the last couple of years that have been new to the league that have had like were top scorers Uh um, yang yeah obama I maybe mean, another player yeah i just i think for every player that comes in and like struggles to adjust there's another player that comes in and is just like blows it up i think that that's just like really standard practice either way i i I, you know like anytime there's a new player in any league right like so i don't know that this narrative that every player that comes in like oh the premier league is so elite like it's so hard for the new players i don't know that that's true i think that it's again like an english narrative that is created because people get such a boner about their own league yeah, I mean, obviously,
1: England did really well in the Champions League. There was a lot of teams in the final, you know, four. So,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's true. That's what I'm saying. And and maybe there's some stats out there that's, that say, you know, something something otherwise. But I hear this all the time. I, I think that uh, Timo is a great, I think he's a great pick. If you had to pick one or the other, I'm probably going with Timo. I, I don't know for sure, but... Um, I'm probably gonna have both in my team uh, to start the season, but uh, but he's um, you know he's a player that has a, a proven goal scoring background um, in the Bundesliga, um, has been a, a go to player on his teams that he's coming from, and now you know I think that obviously Chelsea right paid a lot for for this player, and they are going to feature him, and they are going to ensure that they prove that. That right, he was worth the money that they they wanted to spend. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I think I think that he's a fine pick, and I don't really necessarily understand that narrative.
1: Yeah, I, I will. a Couple things. I will start a fight with anyone who truly thinks that that's a true statement, unless they have some stats to back it up, right? Like self fulfilling prophecy or whatever you want to call it. You can't just say that every year. I think it's it's another one that people just do that and then they like point to players that that happened with but they don't point to players that like did really well
0: um so you want to fight other... Wilson
1: no I just you're I gonna think fight she's just
0: you're gonna actually no. you're gonna fist fight Wilson
1: no I just think that she's using that dildo swords to, to... <sighs> okay yeah we'll we'll do that <laughs> anyways <laughs> going on Between the two of them, this is where I'm a little bit concerned with the the news of Chelsea signing another midfield player in a sense. How is Frank going to do this? Because he loves Mason Mount, who probably should not see the field again now that he has, you know, besides injury, I guess.
0: Can we start calling Um, Mason Mount Mason Mouse? Because he looks like a mouse. Yeah.
1: Mason Rat. No, just Mouse. He has a mouse face. Mouse face. That's nice of you. He. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, the man shouldn't be playing. Uh, He probably wouldn't... I don't know if he'd play on Arsenal. Maybe he would. Um, But, yeah, I just don't know how the rotation's gonna go. But, like, to give you a a couple stats on Ziyech, um, which I know it's it's different, Dutch league or whatever, but he, he basically like leads chelsea and like a ton of comparisons if you if you cross leagues right so his minutes per shots you know every 18 um that's absurd 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 and then his minutes per key pass every 20.8 minutes also 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 absurd that's that's twice better than any other player from Chelsea last year. Um, the next closest would have been Timo, who wasn't on the team, and then Mason Mount at 56 because he can't pass
0: the ball. So... I think, yeah, you can't, like, you you prefaced it with it, but, like, you can attribute a little bit of that to the league as well. That, right, yeah, that he's for playing sure. in, For sure. But the, the idea is, that, so the idea behind that, though, is, like, my thought would be that a lot of players carry over habits from leagues that they played in before right to to -hmm. this league right and so his tendencies are to right be pretty direct and forward and aggressive right with the ball
1: yeah it's kind of like uh another player that came from a not so well-known league like bruno fernandez coming from ever heard of him (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean like he seemed to have some rough times coming into the premier league um well and guess what
0: you know guess what i will and and in defense of other people who use that narrative, I used that narrative with Bruno Fernandez. I, I said, Oh, yeah, you know, not as good of a league, and he's gonna struggle to adjust. And, you know, like, he's a very, they're actually very similar players, right? In terms of like mm-hmm. what they do. And, uh, and yeah, and I was like, Oh, yeah, there's no chance. I, no, I'm not saying that, 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 um, you know, that Zayich will will come in and like, will do what Fernandez did because Fernandez had an absurd start to the season, you know, when he, when he came in. But, um, but I think that we just like, it's a word of caution, right? To like, just, just throw these players out or say, ah, no, I want to wait and see, or, you know, like he's not that expensive, but I know that we're now getting into mid price players, you know, with him, but. Anyways, it's a it's a tangent. We'll we'll talk that's about it more next that's week. That's the question. Like where else do you go for that 8 yeah. million
1: price point? You can't even go Maras cuz he doesn't even start the season. So like to me Ziyech's perfect, but uh, you know, I, I like both. Um I think we need to see what Chelsea does in the preseason with regards to who plays and like is Palmer's going to still be injured? Yeah. Too? And
0: formations. Right, formations yep. matters too, for sure. Yep. Um, Okay, um, we had a couple questions next week, um, just like about fixtures, or that were asked about fixture release and wild carding and stuff. We'll we'll start getting that into, um, we'll do that like in a couple weeks. We're gonna wait till it gets a little closer to the season. But that's like all we have, Jake. Is there anything else? you It's a kind of a long pause. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, or? No, mm, I don't think we need to talk about anything else.
1: Is there any, here's my question. Is there any interest in Vardy at 10 to start the year? Oh. Like, do we just say he's too old now? He's still, you know, right now he's currently owned by 14%. So not an insignificant amount, but they have some pretty good
0: fixtures. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, like, I hadn't thought of it just because, like, when I look at my drafts, it's just hard to, like, fit him in. Um, I don't think it's fair to like again and it's another narrative right I don't know if it's fair to be like he's too old because I thought he was too old last year right and he scored uh, 210 points and had 23 goals but what I think was probably more likely with Vardy is that he returns uh, to kind of like the the scoring that he's done the last couple years right where it's more like 170 points or 180 points you know and mm-hmm. um, and as we know with him, he likes to score in bunches, right? So he'll score. He goes on these streaks of scoring. Um, so I don't know. Like maybe you look at like game weeks like 16 to 23 where they have like a lot of kind of nice fixtures or 31 to 35 where they have a lot of nice fixtures and you try to target him for something like that. Yeah, um, I
1: just think I, I agree with you. I guess Burnley is not easy, but for their first eight Or seven game weeks, they play two newly promoted sides, Villa, West Ham, and then Arsenal, who he always scores against. And so to me, I like if you're gonna own him at any point during this year, like you said, probably the game week 16 through 23, or like now would be the time to do it. And he's just like an interesting guy. Like if you wanted to wait on Werner and you wanted to just have Vardy and you can move him down if need be. Yeah. There's like something to consider that would be a little bit of a differential.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I wouldn't throw him out. I just my current structure doesn't allow me to have him. But mm-hmm. okay. Anyways, all right. I think we should we should wrap it up. We should wrap it up, big guy. Huh?
1: All right. Let's, when, let's when, are podding,
0: when are we podding? When are we next? You're going on a little uh, vaca- vacation tomorrow, I guess. We're yeah. doing a pod tomorrow? No, I'm
1: kidding. I can't. Can't with can't, my wife's birthday. But
0: oh yeah, because she would murder you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know. We should do another one later this week, maybe, or at the end of the week. Yeah. All right. We'll get something out soon. Um, Follow us on Twitter at DiveFPL, Instagram, uh, the art of the dive. Uh, You can find us on Facebook as well. Um, and then please, like if you can, right, help spread the podcast, retweet, like it, comment on it. We really appreciate that. You can download our podcast basically anywhere. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. Um, and for those that are interested, please uh help us out with the Patreon. Jump in. We'd love to have you in the Slack. We'd love to have you voting on the teams and helping with that. The bigger that community gets, uh, the more fun it is, and I think the more interactive it becomes. So uh jump in. It's it's not a ton of money. Just we we, we really appreciate it. Help support our pod and makes Jake and I rich. Uh, Jake. Let's get out of here. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should dive.